0: Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest, disinterested people in Jesus Christ, and they grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Easter Sunday today, Resurrection Sunday, is the most important, most momentous celebration in the life of a Christian. And here's why. It it really, it marks what separates the Christian belief, the Christian value system from every other value system, every other belief system in the entire world. And it's centered around an event, a real historical event, the resurrection of Jesus. You see, even as the Christian faith centers around the person of Jesus, his life centers the epicenter of his life centered around an event a historical event jesus coming out of the grave he's alive and like i said it's not a fable it's not a metaphor for some deeper spiritual truth he is alive he is here and he wants to speak to you this morning now as i say those words i think we can be honest and say there's some of us in this room today that would say i believe that wholeheartedly I believe that wholeheartedly. I live that wholeheartedly. Others of us in this room think we believe, but maybe we have some some doubts. We can be honest. We have some questions about that. Not every day that somebody comes out of a tomb. Am I right? Not every day. And still others of us walk in and wonder if we could even begin the journey to believe that. It reminds me of my time when I worked at uh, Palm Beach Atlantic University, and I uh, before doing what I was doing, I was an admission counselor for for PBA, and in the admissions office, I primarily serviced adult undergraduate students and graduate students. So the the average age of the student that I serviced was a little bit older than your typical college age student. So for example. I actually had a 70-year-old applicant once, she had more time in her life now, she said, I want to go back to school. And I said, that's a great thing. And here's, here's what every applicant in, in that sector would always tell me, you know, I don't know how it's going to get done, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but there's a little voice telling me to go, and that's what she told me. I think it's my time to get my degree. But here was the fear, Time. She says, how long is it going to take me to get my degree? And so then I say, honestly, it's going to take you about four years to get your bachelor's. She's like, oh, I don't know if I can, I don't want to spend all that time doing my bachelor's. I said, well, think with me about this, okay? How are you going to be four years from now? 74. Okay, hold that number. How are you going to be four years from now without the degree? 74. How are you going to be four years from now with the degree? 74. So the, the question isn't whether you're going to turn 74 in four years. The question is, are you going to have your degree or not? Okay? Let me tell you, PBA did not pay me enough. Let me, can we just throw that out there? They didn't, they didn't pay me enough. And so my point was, if you start the journey, okay, if you just take one foot forward at a time, you'll make it. You'll arrive at the destination. You might not know how you're going to get there at first, but just start the journey, and you'll see you'll, you'll make it. And here's where that connects for us today. I wonder if, if faith is not so dissimilar. What if discovering faith and discovering who Jesus is is like a journey for some of us? What if it's less of an on-off switch and more of a one step at a time, one question at a time, a journey? And actually, in the text that we were going to read today, um, we find two people on a journey, on a road, one step at a time, one question at a time, and Jesus approaches them. He finds them, and he asks, answers their questions. You might know it as the story on the road to maze. So let's turn to Luke 24, 13 to 35. We're going to read from that today. Luke 24, 13 to 35. It's going to be on the screen. You can follow along in your Bible on the app or the COH app. Luke 24, starting in verse 13. Now, on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, Jesus asked him. To stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. And there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for finding us as you found those two disciples on the road. We thank you for the sacrifice that you gave on the cross and you proved it all on the third day when you rose. And today we boldly proclaim that. But Lord, some of us were, were challenged by your words here, even in this room. Would you bring new life through your words into our hearts as, um, Lord, as we try to find hope for our world, for our culture, and for our lives, Holy Spirit, would you open our hearts and our minds to hear from you and you alone this morning. We ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So the book that we just read from is called The Gospel of Luke. We have four gospels or historical accounts of the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And every time I ask somebody, you know, what was something transformative in your own journey of faith? Oftentimes what they'll say is that they began to read the gospels, the accounts that the early followers of Jesus left for her, left for us about the life of Jesus. And each Each gospel account, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each one of them have a unique perspective, you could say. They tell the same story from their own eyes. And here was the perspective that Luke had. You could say that Luke was a Gentile who wrote to Gentiles, and that terminology really doesn't mean a whole lot for us today, does it? It does not. I see little Avron shaking his head. No, it doesn't, buddy. (laughs) Here's what that means. It means Luke was a non-religious person who didn't have a Jewish background, who was, who was writing to other non-religious people because he, even though he didn't have a religious background, he was changed by Jesus. He was transformed when he met Jesus. And he wants the same for all. You know, I marvel at the fact when sometimes we think we have to fit into this culturally religious mold in order to take a first step of faith when an entire gospel account of the life of Jesus, really all of them, but more particularly the gospel of Luke, was written with non-religious types in mind and in view. It's fascinating. And so let's go back, with this context, let's go back to the story of the road in the Emmaus. This account is probably, it may be, the first post-resurrection, so after Jesus has risen from the grave, It's probably the first post-resurrection encounter that we find of Jesus that's not at the tomb site. In other words, right, Jesus rises from the grave. We know that the women, other disciples went and they find Jesus and Jesus reveals himself, himself to them. This is the first encounter that Luke writes right after that moment that Jesus is not at the tomb site and he approaches these Two people, one of them named Cleopas, we don't know the other's name. Here's a beautiful depiction of that moment by one of our dearly beloved partners, Mr. Bill Gaylor, who's a beloved and dear partner of, of our community. He's homebind, homebound, he's about 90 years old at the, but right now. Um, he's not able to make it, but I wanted to honor him and his legacy. Can we just honor him? Yeah. I'm gonna tell him, I'm gonna give him a call and let him know. This is his wonderful depiction of the road to Emmaus with Cleopas, the companion, and Jesus. And so now in this encounter, here's what I find interesting, okay? That they didn't find Jesus. Jesus found them. Think about that for a moment. Jesus didn't have to approach these guys. They didn't even recognize him. He could have just kept walking. Jesus decided to stop and to speak with them. He found them. And if, I want you to think about that for a moment, that Jesus wanted to be found. He wanted people to know that he was alive. And if what the Bible says is true, that in Jesus we find the most full expression of who God is in the person of Jesus, and we have a God people who wants to be found, who wants to be known by us, who wants a relationship with you. And because that is true, here's what I think the story of the road to Emmaus teaches us about ourselves and also about this wonderful God that we came here to celebrate and worship today. Here's the first thing I see. I think that God is already present before we recognize him. God is already present in our lives before we recognize him. Take a look just for context again at Luke 24, 15 to 17 where it says, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, in other words, everything that had happened, from Jerusalem, Jesus died, they couldn't find the the body. Jesus himself came up and walked with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. And he, Jesus, asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And so here we see that these two guys started on a road and they begin to have a conversation about everything that had happened. The crucifixion, the resurrection. They couldn't make sense of it all. Jesus had told them that this was going to happen, but on the other side it they they didn't know how to reconcile it in their human minds. Maybe they weren't even sure that Jesus had actually risen. They hadn't seen him yet. And Jesus approaches them from behind and they don't recognize that it's Jesus. And notice how the text states that they're talking and their faces were downcast. Their faces were one of despair. You know, and I, as I think of it, we're not too different from these two guys walking along on the road. Our conversations don't lead us in many ways to a too dissimilar place. I mean, think about the conversations that we're having today. Think about maybe all the conversations that you've had with maybe family and friends about what's going on in Ukraine and in that part of the world. And we've been urged to send $50,000 over. Think about all the conversations that you've had in the past two years about politics and, and the division in our country. And actually division in many families today as a result of that. Think about the past conversations in these past two years that you've had with people who've lost their loved ones to COVID. I mean, those those are real things. We've lost people in our church to COVID. Not to mention the inflation and families trying to make ends meet. I mean, that's been a hot topic. Not to mention that we all have personal baggage in our lives that we're dealing with. Every single one of us. Here's what I think happens sometimes when we bring in all this into the conversation. I think sometimes we look at the world, we look at culture, we look at our lives, and we think, God doesn't care. God is distant, and He doesn't care. And if He were real and if He were near, things things wouldn't be this way. They just wouldn't. And if that's you this morning, I want you to just take a mental eraser for just one moment. I want you to etch out that period and I want you to put a question mark. Is that true? That God is distant from you and he does not care? Let's ask that. As a a little illustration, as many of you know, uh, Giselle and I have often told the story that, that she and I met at a little bookstore, two strangers walking past each other. I was walking in and I'm just thinking it's another regular day going to buy a book at this bookstore. She was walking out. She immediately recognized her future husband. It just is what it is. <laughs> it just is what it is. But here's what dawned on me as I was thinking about this topic and as I was thinking about that story. Um, I've often told the story that that's the first time that we had crossed paths. That's actually not true. Giselle's family actually lived five minutes from my family in Miami. I literally would go by her house every single day. Every single day. Actually, I had a friend who lived in that block, and I went to visit him a couple times just three houses down. Here, it gets better. Her church would often host some events, and I went and visited on multiple occasions, even saw her playing the piano. I'm sure even after the service, we walked past each other. It's almost as if God was saying, dummy, how many times do I have to put her in front of you for you to notice, you know? She was there. I just hadn't recognized her. I hadn't approached her. And I can't help but wonder... If that's the same thing with God in our lives, what if God actually isn't distant? What if he's been there the whole time and you're just walking past him and you haven't acknowledged him and you haven't recognized him? Here's what the scriptures tell us, that he's already here. He's already there. Look at Acts 17, verse 27, where it says, where actually Luke in volume two of his writings, he also wrote the book of Acts. He says this, God did this, and by this he means the person of Jesus died on the cross for our sins, rose from the grave. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. And by they, he's talking about us. Here's the key phrase I want us to notice. Though he is not far from any one of us, he's not far From any one of us, he's not far from you. And here, this might be the first step for some of us in the room today. It might be to acknowledge that God's there. God's with you today, even in the struggle that you bring with you in your heart. He's not far from you. He wants you to seek him. He wants you to acknowledge him in your life. He has the ability to forgive, to heal, to bring newness of life, to mend the brokenness in your life. See, for others, you might might know he's there, but you have some questions. You have some doubts because of the experiences that maybe you've lived through. But here's what the road to Emmaus also shows us. In this story, it also shows us that it's okay to ask your questions. It is good to ask your questions. Let me show you. Let's read Luke uh, 24. We're gonna read verse 18 for a moment. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And it's kind of funny because he's asking this to Jesus, like, Jesus, I mean, you're the one that this happened to. You don't know that this is going on? It's kind of an ironic moment in there, actually. And so then they, we're not going to read it all again, but right, Cleopas proceeds to summarize all the questions that he has. Jesus, I don't understand what in the world is going on here. And then look at verse 27. Look what Jesus does. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Oh, so patiently. See, this is another reason why I think this encounter with the risen Jesus is just so unique and so special in the canon of our scripture. And it's because it begins with a simple conversation. Notice that, where Jesus comes up and just invites them, and really invites himself into the conversation. Just the master of working in really the moments that we least expect it, Right? But here's the thing about conversations. You and I are pretty used to them. It's not a new concept for us. On an average day, you and I almost have about 40 conversations. That sounds like a lot, but that's actually statistically how many conversations you have in a day. And on average, men roughly speak about 7,000 words, women up to or more than 20,000. So, you know, men get home and, man, we're tapped out. Women got 13,000 more to go Lord, have mercy. You know, there's a man who, there's somebody I know that told me, you know, men aren't good listeners, but women aren't good at summarizing. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it was said by a guy. Come on. <laughs> you know, as Giselle and I were talking about this joke uh, earlier this week, you know, we realized that the reason women have to speak so many words on days is because they have to repeat themselves so often. I mean, it's true. It's true, Giselle. And all the women just say amen, rededicate their lives to Jesus. So... We all understand conversations. It's something that we're used to. It's something that we do on a daily basis. And this particular story, Jesus just shows up in a conversation and changes the conversation from despair, from a downcast conversation, to hope. And he wants to change your conversation too. You see, the early followers of Jesus didn't have all the answers. They didn't have all the the answers to their questions. They even had doubts as we see Peter, Thomas, and these disciples. And I'm telling you, if people, they walked with Jesus in the flesh and they had questions and doubts, how come sometimes we feel like it's not okay to have questions and doubts? Think about that for a moment. See, I think sometimes some of us have grown up in perhaps a religious context where it was not okay to ask questions, where it was not okay to bring up perhaps a certain doubt that you might have. But here's the truth. Asking questions or experiencing doubt does not mean that your faith isn't real or that you're not spiritual enough. I want you to hear me loud and clear. In fact, Barna Research Group reports that two-thirds of Christians have experienced doubt in some point of their faith journey, and having questions is actually a normal thing. Here's what uh, pastor and author Tim Keller writes about this topic. He says, a faith without some doubts is like a human body without any antibodies in it. People who blithely go through life too busy or indifferent to ask hard questions about why they believe as they do will find themselves defenseless, against the experience of tragedy or the probing questions of a smart skeptic. And so if you're, if you're here today and you, you want to believe in the resurrection, you want to believe in the hope that it can bring to your life, that Jesus can bring to your life, but you've got some questions, I, I want you to know that it's okay. You can present your questions. You can still take a first step in faith towards Jesus this morning. And I'm not talking about having an audible conversation with Jesus, but maybe it's being honest with God in a prayer, telling him, Lord, you don't understand. Or maybe it's literally having a conversation with somebody that you trust in a safe space to open up. Or maybe it's just acknowledging the fact that you have some doubts and questions as a springboard to grow Your faith. Because here's the truth, what the road to Emmaus shows us. If you truly want to find him, you truly want to find God, God will reveal himself to you. If you truly want to find him, he will reveal himself to you. Look at our scripture in Luke 24, 30 to 32, one more time, where he says, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, and broke it and began to give it to them. And then Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? While he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us. So Jesus finishes the conversation. They arrived at the destination. They're having a meal together. And actually, the implication is they're having communion together. He broke bread. He gave gave thanks. But here's the key phrase that I want us to recognize where it says, "We're not our hearts, he says, burning within us. That's an emphatic phrase right there. They knew something was different about Jesus on that road, didn't they? They didn't recognize him for who he was, but they knew something was different. Their hearts were burning. They wanted to know more. They were yearning. They were desiring the truth. There was a desire to draw closer. They didn't understand everything that had happened but there was something in their heart telling them there's something about this. We need to find him. We need to find hope. And here's my question to you. You may not understand everything about God, the Bible, the Christian faith. Maybe this is the first time that you've come back to church in a long time. But do you want to find him? Do you want to start on that journey? Do you have a desire to start on that journey of faith? Because all it takes it's just one step forward at a time. It doesn't have to be his light switch today. One step forward in faith at a time. You see, isn't it a powerful thing just to consider that we have a God who out of kindness, out of his own mercy, he wants us to find him. He wants us to take steps towards him. And actually, he has taken the first step toward us. You see, we live in a society in a, in a world that's trying to sell us a very different journey a very different hope that will never really achieve that, will never bring the, the hope that you think it will. See, journeys that promise hope in what you do, in where you live, in how much you make, perhaps even in what your sexual identity is, in the race that you belong to, in the country that you live in, in the political party that you align yourself to. All these narratives, all these journeys that society is trying to tell you, this is the most important one. Actually, it's not. The most important journey that you could start taking a step forward is the journey with Jesus. Have a relationship with him because that's exactly what he wants you to do. He's already there. He's already with you. You haven't recognized him. And to think that it can all begin with a simple acknowledgement Lord, I need you. And I want you in my life. And if perhaps you came here today and you've got some questions and you're interested in learning more, we've got a wonderful series starting next week, actually, that we're calling Asking for a Friend. And in this series, we're going to really be going strong at some common questions that people in our culture are asking about the Bible about faith, about Christianity, don't miss out. We're starting that next week. And so all it takes is an open heart to begin the journey and acknowledge that He's there. Ask your questions. Be honest with the Lord. And I promise you, He'll reveal Himself just as He did on the road to Emmaus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are in awe that You are would want to be found that you would approach us Lord that even as the Bible says we were enemies of you Lord you gave your life for us and today we, bro- we boldly proclaim that you rose from the grave and you prove that it's all true that you're here and we find our ultimate hope and join you Lord, and perhaps there's, there's people here, Lord, who want to start on that journey of faith with you. Lord, in the stillness of all our hearts, would we, would we just say, Lord, I need you, and I want you in my life. Would you reveal yourself to me? Would you show yourself? Jesus, we thank you for your grace, for your love for your mercy, would you continue to speak to each and every one of us and we live out the truth and the promise you give to us through the resurrection. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Church, they thought he had failed. They thought he had failed. But he rose. And no matter, the text says, even they tried to cover it up 2,000 years later, (laughs) you have us (laughs) believing in the wonder and the revelry of his resurrection and the hope that that brings. Don't take that for granted. He's alive. Church, would you uh, in a moment of prayer, in a posture of prayer, would you receive this blessing? Our theme verse. How significant for our 25th anniversary where Paul writes to the church of Romans, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Church, go with God. Would you walk in the newness of resurrection life? Amen. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless.